zero to two. Life isn't a movie you can rehearse for. It isn't a class with assignments to complete and tests to take and then you're done. No, it's a frame-by-frame -frame record of your time on this earth. When you were born, you were the purest version of you. You were still untouched by words and opinions, unmarred by rejection and fear. At that time, your zero to two you didn't even have an opinion of itself yet. It was the purest version of you. That version likely lasted about two years because most everyone loved your unique characteristics and willingly forgave your mistakes. Of course they did. You were just a baby and we forgive babies, don't we? But after you started walking, running, climbing, you know, getting into things and breaking things, interrupting people and insisting on your own way, life and the people in it became less and less forgiving and more and more insistent that you reform into a version that fit their life and opinions. Little by little, life and people, words and actions imprinted you with images that slowly ceased to resemble you, zero to two. Now years later, however old you are, you, zero to two, is most likely barely recognizable. You might even have lost touch with you, zero to two. What does it matter anyway? Don't we all change over time and learn to cope with life in real time? Of course we do. But what if you, zero to two, was still at the core of who you are, no matter what age? Wouldn't you want to know if it was important? Would it be critical not to lose that version of you? The truth is, before God formed you, before he made you, he knew you. God had you designed intricately down to the finest detail before he formed you. He knew you first, and then he went to work wiring you, programming your bent, putting his imprint on you. You weren't just a bag of bones and skin. You were designed by the master. And then when you were born, that version, that God version of you matched what he knew before he made you. God never lost you, zero to two. He still relates to and connects to you, zero to two. He doesn't relate to what people and words, opinions have imprinted on you. He knows you like he made you. Does that make you feel warmed and loved or confused and unsure about what to do next? Or maybe a bit of both. Life and the people in it likely didn't begin to really leave its mark and fingerprint on you till you were about two, give or take. But every mom knows what I'm referring to when I say we know our kids better than they know themselves. You see, because we, more than anyone, 
knew them well before life started to redefine them. And moms never forget you, zero to two. I know as a mom myself, when I see my kids, even now, 40 and 35 years old, I still see the zero to two version of them. It's not because I'm not thrilled with the adults they become, but at their core, they will always be zero to two. So when I see them today, I still see the baby I knew before they knew themselves. I still see that personality, those characteristics that existed zero to two. I see them in some ways better than they see themselves still today. Do people grow up? Sure they do. But the fundamentals of their bent don't change, even though life might insist they change. I've told my, year, my kids many times that God still sees them the way he designed them. He still sees them as the zero to two version. I know that because that's what he made. And God relates to what he makes, not to what man designs. So what could this mean to you and I? Well, I believe it means that the closer we live, the closer you and I live to the version of ourselves zero to two, no matter how old we are, the more accepted and acceptable we feel, the more set right we feel. Because, you see, we see life differently when it's not confused and cluttered by imprints and impressions. Oh, I wish I had known this better when my kids were young and growing because I would have put more diligence into fostering and preserving their zero to two version than what I did. I never tried to change that. I never tried to change them. But I also did not intentionally protect and support it either. So often kids that do manage to grow up with some degree of zero to two still intact, they either had amazing parents or they managed to hold on to the purest version of themselves in spite of the imprints of life. It's truly amazing when that happens. Well, there's a story in Genesis that suggests this tricky subject from God's perspective. It's in Genesis chapter 4. Now, you have to remember that this takes place very, very early in the history of mankind. So because of that, there wouldn't have been really a large pool of influence surrounding these two boys. They were two brothers of the same parents. We have no reason to think that they got any different kind of input from their parents so that we can assume that, all things considered, they were basically equal as they grew up. So, one day, each of them offered a sacrifice to God. Each chose the type of sacrifice they would offer. Cain offered something he produced, something he planted, toiled, and sweated to produce. In fact, the scripture says Cain was a tiller, but it says Abel was a keeper. Abel offered a lamb, something God produced, 
No toil, no sweat on Abel's part. It's a pretty clear picture, I think, of our subject for this podcast. The key or the clue that we need to uncover here in this story of these two brothers is what God does with what each one of them chooses to offer. Okay, the plot's going to twist here. When God came to each offering, he accepted Abel's offering, but ignored Cain's offering. I find it curious that God accepted one and ignored the other. Don't you? It might be wise to look a little bit closer. Why would God ignore what Cain produced by his own hands and accept what Abel offered that he did not produce? You would think it would be the other way around. I mean, the world would tell you that the guy who produced it should get the acceptance and the guy who didn't shouldn't. Well, I want you to notice, first of all, that the scripture does not say God accepted Abel but ignored Cain. No, it was what they were offering that God responded differently to. But Cain, being as he was so identified with the work of his own hands, oh my, he took it personally. He took it as a personal rejection of him. Being ignored was infuriating to Cain. Now, I've always read this and thought, wow, man, if the work of your hands was ignored by God, if that offering was ignored, why not just offer a different offering like a lamb? Especially now that you know that's what God accepts. I don't get it. But Cain didn't do that. He seemed insistent that God accept his choice instead. So he got more and more angry about being ignored until one day he met Abel out in a field. And let me tell you, they had words. As far as we know, Abel hadn't done anything to Cain. But Cain saw God's acceptance of Abel's offering the same way he saw and interpreted God's ignoring his offering. He translated it as God accepting Abel and rejecting him. For some reason, he held Abel responsible for that. Cain never confronted God about the insult over his offering. At least the scripture gives no indication of that, so we have no reason to believe that he did. Here's the curious thing to me. You see, the situation was fixable. Cain could just offer a lamb, change what he offered. It was fixable. The situation was fixable until Cain, quote, rose up and slew, that is, killed Abel. Now that was not fixable. Here's the takeaway from this story of these two brothers, at least for our podcast. God accepts and relates to what he makes, but he ignores what isn't made by him. (laughs) Let me plug that into our subject for this podcast. God will always relate to, connect with you, zero to two, 
because that is who he designed and made. He designed and made you zero to two. God will always ignore what man has made. The opinions and imprints on your life that life and people have messed with, they just don't get God's nod. He doesn't overtly reject them. He just ignores them. And I love that. I just cannot tell you how it makes me feel on the inside to know that all of the stuff of life clinging to me, Jeannie, the stuff that life and people and words have left on me, they don't sway God's opinion of me. No. He is still hugging, holding me, me, zero to two me. He is still promoting, still promising, still receiving, still parting waters for, still leaving heaven for. He is still redeeming and restoring. He is still renewing me, zero to two me. It's the little child in me that God already told us will inherit the kingdom. Uh, it's a wonderful realization. It's a comforting reality that God has never lost sight of you as he made you. Even if you have, you, zero to two, has a God wind under it that carries it, that uplifts and sustains it. I like to call it God rewarding the works of his own hands. I refer to it as God applause. God applauds and promotes the work of his hands by promoting and restoring and renewing you zero to two. I got to tell you, I can barely not cry just telling you this. So let me say it to you again. God applauds and promotes the work of his hands by promoting, restoring, renewing you zero to two. Unfortunately, many or most people are well into their senior years before they reconnect to that version, that model of themselves. It's long after the speedway of life has already sidelined them, long after they've climbed all the ladders they needed or wanted to climb. It's also long after opinions and words have any effect on them anymore. And they're finally able to remember themselves. Now, this is backed up by history. Because history shows us that, that really, many times, their best days start after society has said they're finished. And I just have to believe that that is partly because they finally reconnected to zero to two. This all might sound just a little bit psychological to some of you, but the one thing I hope you get from this podcast is that God hasn't forgotten who he made. He never, ever loses sight of you zero to two. Never. His plans, his purposes, his promises all belong to you, zero to two. That never changes. Romans 12 says something 
we might want to take note of. It says, present yourself a living sacrifice, a living offering, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. God has always accepted what he creates and ignored what man creates. So, I suggest that to live Romans 12, I say don't present what man has made. Present to God what he made. You, zero to two. Romans 12 then goes on to say, and also be transformed, that's the word metamorphosis, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What? I've always read this with curiosity. Because you can't renew something that isn't there already. And this word in Romans is renew and renovate. The fundamental structure is there. The framework has always been there ever since zero to two. And grace will renew what God created. Grace will renovate what life and people and experience have imposed on you, zero to two. Oh, let grace renew you. Let grace renew you to zero to two. When you present a living sacrifice, when you present to God a living offering, present you zero to two, because that's what is wholly acceptable to God. You don't have to even be fully reconnected to you zero to two in order to present that to God. Present yourself, your God-designed, God-known, God handmade zero to you to you. Present yourself a living sacrifice. You, zero to two. Just tell him, God, this is me, Jeannie. This is zero to two, Jeannie. I offer you, me, zero to two, back to you. God designed, God made, back to you. He will always accept what he creates. Grace will renew you until you again recognize you, zero to two. I believe that with all my heart. It's the little children, Jesus said, of such is the kingdom. It was you, zero to two, that God exchanged Jesus for. It's you, zero to two, that Calvary redeemed. He paid the ransom for you, zero to two. A ransom is paid when something's been taken. And he paid the ransom for you, zero to two, so you could be renewed by his grace. Nothing can separate you from God loving you in Christ Jesus. If you feel separated from the unconventional, unconditional of God to you, Zero to two is the key. You know his love as you know who he loves. Don't start to stress about connecting with you, zero to two. That's what life in this world have taught you accomplishes big things, stressing out on it. Nothing of this life, this world can do what only grace can do. 
come to his grace without shame, without hesitation, and let grace establish you. Zero to two. Let the Godwind of grace lift your spirit and restore your soul. Do what God does with human fingerprints on your soul. Ignore them. Do what God does with this world's insistence that you conform. Ignore it. Do what God does when religion tells you to strive to know God and to work to be loved by him. Ignore it. You, zero to two, is the purest, most powerful version of you, wholly acceptable to God, renewed to life and believe like a child by his grace, kept by the power of his life, snatched from the confusion of voices and clutter of the expectations of man, wrapped within the everlasting arms, secure and safe, never forgotten, never lost. You, you, zero to two.